beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Wildcard Conversations, my little podcast where I pull a random or wild card with a thought-provoking question for my guest every episode. They don't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. And we just let it unfold from there. And whatever wants to be spoken out that day is spoken out. On today's episode, I am joined by my fellow super tall woman, Krista Kay, and obviously we ended up talking a little bit about our experiences being tall, but of course there is so much more to Krista. She is funny, she is thoughtful, and somehow we went from talking about the lost art of scrapbooking to getting over trust issues, growing up in small towns, family values, and last but not least, never knowing who you might have an impact on when you get a little vulnerable out there on social media or on a silly reality TV show. As always, if you want to hear or see more of Krista, her info's in the show notes. I hope you have as much fun listening to this episode as we did recording it. And if you enjoy it, I would so appreciate you sharing it with your friends, giving the show a follow, a rating, or a written review, just to help this baby podcast grow big and strong, just like these two giants you're listening to today. Thank you for your time. And now please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, Krista. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. So Krista, you and I um, know each other because we're both super tall and we were both right? at some point cast members on this silly little reality TV show called My Giant Life. And, that is accurate. And we have never met in person, but I've been following along on Instagram and I love your content. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you. So silly. No, but it's really because you're very funny, which just because you're a comedian. So there's that. Uh, but you're also very, I feel like very genuine and post very heartfelt stuff and share yourself with vulnerability so it's very appreciated and it's been fun watching your crazy pandemic love story unfold you got yourself a whole pandemic husband and a pandemic baby and then you had your dad move in with you so it, it's just been really cool to follow along and I'm so glad that we get to chat in virtual Yay. in virtual person at least while we're on Zoom, it's totally like the cool thing to do these days. Hop on Zoom. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the in-person of 2022. Well, thank and you for having me. Thanks for being here. And, it, you know, it is cool that we can do this with you being on the West Coast and me being on the East Coast. So that's awesome. That's right. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the random question uh, of the day? I'm super excited. It feels like improv game. All right. Yeah. If you, if you don't know the answer, you can just pretend you know it. So there we go. <laughs> exactly. Acting. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So what is something creative you did when you were younger that you no longer do? And why don't you do it anymore? Mm. Ooh. Okay. I would say scrapbooking. I was like way into scrapbooking and this was more like high school, like early college which I guess is technically younger now. And I don't know why I don't do it anymore. It's always in the back of my head, especially now, like just having a wedding, just having a baby, like all this kind of stuff. Memories are like piling up and I'm like, oh, I need to like scrapbook. But we we moved into this house and we bought a house that was like, like a fixer upper. So we want to like flip it and make some money. So like, we're kind of living a construction zone a little bit. So I guess that's one of my excuses. <laughs> but I think that's really all it is. And I also kind of feel like times are changing a little bit. 
feel like there's more like digital ways to make it easier like these photo books and stuff like that but I still keep stuff I'm like oh here's a napkin from my wedding I need to keep this for the scrapbook I'm like where's your scrapbook Krista like it doesn't exist (laughs) I need to like literally need to make one so I didn't grow up in America I came here when I was 19 and so I very much just was introduced to scrapbooking scrapbooking when I was I didn't really have an interest in it and I didn't really do it as a a teenager in high school so can you educate me a little bit about the art of making scrapbooks what is that all about okay so okay just like take any event like I remember I scrapped book like prom for example right and so like a thing with prom I don't know if you ever did you ever go to prom (laughs) yeah like a a much more low-key version of of it but yes (laughs) okay yeah I don't know how other places do it but like for example like we had like corsage right like a corsage like bracelet you know this flower thing so um one of the things that I did I'd like press it in between like paper to like keep it and then of course uh, with our digital cameras back in the day you know you could go and put your little sim card in and print off pictures so basically it's just like blue pictures and then corsage or like a napkin or you know anything like that and kind of the same with like traveling like I uh went to Jamaica, for example, when I was in college on like an alternative spring break, which I don't know if you know that is, but for the people out there that don't know, you go on a mission trip basically to help people during the time where everyone else is getting drunk (laughs) during spring break. Yeah. So just maybe like a little menu where you ate or I don't know, just like little like trinkets that you can keep. I sound like a hoarder. (laughs) No, but it it almost sounds to me like a 3D photo album. So any any object that you can press down to the size of fitting into a scrapbook, you add to your photos, basically. Is that is that right? Yeah. So you kind of like glue things to like this piece of paper and then you kind of put it in a plastic sheet, kind of like preserve everything. Yeah. So I was like really into that for a while. I don't know, both of my, well, my mom and my grandmother were really good at like being documentation. So I'm like, oh, this is normal to do. Or I don't know, maybe on some level it comes naturally. But I was just looking through, for example, like a little journal that my grandma had. And and it was from 1987, which is the year I was born. And I'm like, oh, let's see where September 9th is. (laughs) Because that's my birthday. It's like this whole detailed play-by-play of every single thing that happened on the day that I was born and I was like that is so cool like that is you know I'm yeah so I kind of look at things that I do in my life as like okay somebody like kids or grandkids or whatever are gonna see this stuff someday you know I want to like keep good track of I don't know what I do because I I enjoy knowing what was going on back then. And I'm like, well, maybe someone will care at some point. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I feel like there's still even going back home to my parents' house. There's so much joy in going through a physical old school photo album versus trying to throw pictures from a phone up on the TV. It's just not the same. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing. It's it's totally not. And I feel like I, I take so many pictures 
And then it's like, then my phone's telling me like, Hey, you don't have any more storage. And I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, do I just print them all off? That seems so like old school these days, but I'm like, okay. So I'm just like accumulating like thousands of photos to what, to just sit on like some kind of drive or like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the art of keeping memories is kind of, kind of getting lost. And doing it more intentionally because you mentioned the digital cameras that you had to print off, but you <laughs> as a kid still grew up with having to take pictures on film and having what they were like, what, 21, mm -hmm. 20 own photos on the film, right? So you're sort of every picture counted and you really tried to capture the best moments. So, yeah, and I think that's with scrapbooking too, because you have limited space and you have to be really intentional mm -hmm. what piece of memory you want to keep from from a certain day or event or something it's so true and I like you remember uh like disposable cameras yeah like, you, you didn't even know what you took a picture of half the time until you printed them out was this I have this image of creating scrapbooks from I feel like American teenage movies where it very much seemed like a social activity where you get together with your girlfriends and you all bust out your arts and crafts materials and do your scrapbooks together was that also a part of that for you so I had one other friend of mine that did that so we we did it together like a few times and it's kind of cool because I'm sure like you know you can there's like that aisle in like Walmart for example where it's like all different sticker you know sheets of like oh here's wedding stickers or whatever mm -hmm. and so I would have a bunch of these stickers and we we're kind of be like hey what do you got for stickers over there yeah it was kind of a social thing for her and I and also she was actually a cheerleader like in high school while I was a basketball player so we'd have you know these stacks of like paper clippings and you know oh here's a picture of you oh here's this when you did this or and I lived in the smallest town ever in South Dakota so it was like 3,500 people and our paper came out once a week and they don't have a lot to like write about. So it was like, Oh, Christmas for a basket. Let's, you know, <laughs> right. <front> page. <laughs> and it's funny because I've never seen this in another paper, but in the Mobridge paper, they actually print off each time somebody called the police. So it was oh, like wow. a cat is walking across the street so-and-so called the cops like somebody's typing this up I'm like how bored are you guys it's just entertaining that is very small I also grew up in a in a small town in Germany so I can relate to that you know paper comes out once a week and then that excitement of oh my name is in there because I scored a basket yeah. or yeah you know, exactly or oh my dad is in there because of his involvement in this local club and so yeah. yeah so I get it. it it's just so it's so cool like I can't imagine like for you like moving to New York City from like a small town I guess I moved to Vegas you know when I was living in a small town like what was that like for you it was pretty wild it was it was tied <laughs> to to my big basketball dream but I also had definitely had some sort of fascination with America and I think certainly mm -hmm. a fascination with a city like New York and mm -hmm. like sometimes when I tell the story I'm like wow you were really brave because I didn't have a visit you know like people visit a campus the, to decide on what school they're mm -hmm. going to and mm -hmm. it was just maybe a weekly phone call for a while with the coaching staff and them 
trying to convince me to come to the school. And then I was just like, one day I'm like, okay, I'm coming. And my parents took me to the airport and off I was like, had never traveled. I traveled by myself within Germany because of basketball, but I'd mm -hmm. never gotten on a plane by myself and let alone, you know, across the Atlantic and then yeah. just arriving in New York and just feeling like it was exactly like the movies. Because obviously when you first get there, everyone takes you to all the touristy places. But I just mm -hmm. remember standing on Fifth Avenue and you look up, there's skyscrapers everywhere. And at that time there was no Uber or Lyft yet. So it's all yellow cabs. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, this is cool. And <laughs> it just opened up this whole other world of diversity for me because my school was, was right in Brooklyn and it was very much a small commuter school. So it was pretty diverse crowd. And so I, I got introduced both to Catholic America because it was a, a Catholic school, St. Francis, but okay. I also got introduced to the inner city kids from New York who were commuting to college every day. And it was just mm -hmm. so interesting and made so many friends that I otherwise wouldn't have made. So that's really like my biggest gift that I got from that time to grow into a young adult in a place as diverse as New York City. So it was that's so cool. And to a certain extent, while like there was a lot more attention on me in some places, just getting mm -hmm. asked 5 million times a day if I play ball and all of that, because yeah. there's something about an inner city man that will <laughs> definitely yeah. speak his mind. And so that's like the whole catcalling tall woman edition that I'm sure you're familiar with. And I am. <laughs> do you play ball and all that stuff? But at the same time, you could be in situations where literally nobody sees you because there's much crazier stuff going on around you in the big city. So it's, yeah, it was an interesting place and I'm still here. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so funny because I'm sure you've been, gotten asked this uh, question like in different interviews too, but like there's so many people that are like, that must get annoying or, you know, getting asked how tall you are. I think it's more weird when people don't. Like, have you ever just like gone out and you're like, wait, am I like all of a sudden not tall or something? Like you just are happen to be around the people that are just like, except you. <laughs> like, you know? I have definitely had situations where I braced myself for it and then it didn't happen. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, okay. And I usually say this, that most of the attention is very positive. So yep. I, I don't know how many times people tell me, God bless you and you're beautiful and that's awesome. And so, because I think height is generally seen as something so positive in our yep. Western society. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it is funny because then people really want to be in your business. Like, where do you find clothes? And do you have a taller boyfriend? And is your family tall? And, you know, how, how do you do it? And what's going on? And then I always want to be like, well, how much do you weigh? And where do you find clothes? <laughs> but we don't do that. So, nope. so yeah. That's like pretty much how I developed a sense of humor too. Because like every time someone came up to me, I'm like, this is an opportunity to like think of some comebacks and be creative and instead of getting mad. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was just also blessed with a disposition where I'm pretty patient and compassionate. So when somebody just asks me how tall I am, I just answer and smile and high five strangers if that's what they need to go on with their day. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you have experienced this, but I think sometimes it happens 
this is like with me with like groups of teenagers who will laugh at me like I'm funny looking. That's the one thing that gets like under my skin where I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And I really just want to tell you to shut the F up. Okay. So my favorite thing to say back to people and anyone out there can use this, even if you're not tall, is, you know, whenever someone's being mean and you can tell like their intent isn't positive, it's like, I hope that made you feel better about yourself because I'm sorry, no one's going to put someone down that feels good about themselves. Like, I mean, take Oprah, for example, like she's had her own like struggles with weight, regardless of anything. Like, Mm -hmm. even if she was uncomfortable in her own skin, she's still not putting other people down. So there's just really no reason for that. And that's also where psychology comes in handy. (laughs) Like, oh, there's a whole lot of insecurity going on there. Not my problem. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Every once in a while, when I'm already not grounded and not in a good state, I will kind of snap back. Like there was this one time. I I think I was going through Times Square and it was a group of teenagers and they're just like getting each other going. It's like, damn, look at that tall bitch. And and I just looked at them. I'm like, why you got to be all that, though? Why you got to call me that? And they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) I don't want to mess with that one. (laughs) Oh, crap. (laughs) Let's go make fun of someone else. But that was generally always my friends were always very protective. They're yeah. like, oh my God, people need to stop talking to you and saying shit to you. Oh my God, it's annoying. And I think my friends notice when people stare at me and I don't anymore. Just Yeah, I don't either. Unless you're yeah, really in I, my face. And I totally block it out too. Whenever I've like made new friends and it's like, yeah, let's go out. And they're like, is this how your life is all the time? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't just don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had one experience when you just like asked me, um, I don't know what you asked me, but I just thought of um, the NBA draft was happening in New York City a few years ago. And my friend was working with the NBA and she invited me to have a drink with her at the hotel where all of the players and their families were staying. Mm -hmm. And it was like walking onto my planet. It was so weird because (laughs) there were all the all the NBA players to be drafted were six, eight plus. Right. And then their parents mm-hmm. were that height and their little sisters were that height. And it was just <laughs> this, I was like walking around. I'm like, oh my God, was I an alien the whole time? And I finally landed on my home planet. Like what is going on? It was so surreal. Like my people. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I, I had that experience probably because I played college basketball too. And I remember just going to that, like a college game when I was still in high school and before I was even recruited and stuff. And just walking around and I remember like my little friend, she's like five, two. And she's like, she's like, dude, you belong here. And I'm like, yeah. And then there's something weird too. Like when someone comes up to you, like, and they're kind of in your space that you normally have up here, you know, like by your head. And then you're like, wait a second, what are you, what are you doing up here? Like, and I'm like, oh, I just realized that I'm used to having like all this airspace Uh (laughs) above everyone else. Yep. It was, it was funny. <laughs> what has your dating history been like? Has height been a big consideration in your partner search? So it's funny because I just like always happen to find like tall guys. I don't know. Like I, I wasn't very like, oh, I need a tall man because of like, I can't have someone shorter. Like I've dated guys that are shorter than me, but they had like so much confidence that I didn't even like, I didn't even, it didn't even matter. But my longest relationship, who is not who I'm married to right now, <laughs> someone else, but it was like six, eight. And like, 
played basketball and stuff. And so I think kind of like that was the not so good part because he was very like not a good human but because he was like tall and like played basketball I'm like okay but like this is who I should be meant to be with because I'm tall and like I almost like made more excuses for him because Mm -hmm. of that fact I think I didn't realize it at the time but I was like oh it's fine that he yells and screams at me like he's tall it's fine (laughs) oh He's a, he's a no. shitty human being, but I can wear heels with he him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's taller than me, so I guess I have to settle. And so that was just like, obviously, like a limiting belief on my end. And I, I think that that was like a huge lesson to be learned. And also, I was, again, like in a pretty small town in South Dakota. So you don't really know that there's options because you're just in this little bubble. So you're like, the town that I played college basketball in was called Aberdeen. And so we had this saying like, well, that guy's Aberdeen acceptable. Right. <laughs> Not acceptable for like the world, but like, well, since I'm here in Aberdeen, <laughs> like success- acceptable. That is so, <laughs> so true I though. Got- <laughs> but you have yeah. certain standards depending on where you are. Right. I mean, like, well, I'm in college here for, you know, my red shirt. So I was like there for five years. And so I'm like, well, Aberdeen acceptable. So, yeah <laughs> no shade to the wonderful people of Aberdeen am I saying that right yeah <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it's a wonderful town <laughs> yeah it's not bad it's just like yeah my person wasn't there I didn't think he would be in Washington state because this is crazy but it's okay yeah I'm here. so how did you and Maddie meet again yeah so funny story this is like such a juicy story okay 2019 I was living in Las Vegas And I have an aunt of mine that lives in, it's called Quartzsite, Arizona, which is kind of a snowbird town where people go uh, during the winter. So she's like, hey, let's meet in Laughlin, Nevada. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. It's just, I don't know, Laughlin is kind of like a miniature Las Vegas. It's just like south of Vegas, like an hour. And so um, we meet there and I remember it was Mardi Gras. So like me and my aunt were just like at this bar called The Hideout. And it was funny because I was telling them, I'm like, yeah, I'm a comedian. And they're like, well, here, here's a microphone, like do a little impromptu show. And so I was like, okay. And so I was telling jokes and I had a faulty microphone and it's like cutting out and they're like, it's okay. You know, you all, you know, we all start somewhere. And I'm like, no, for real though, like I am a comedian. Anyway, um, so that didn't go very well. But right after that, these guys walk in and I had had some drinks and <laughs> I thought it was a good idea to throw ice at him. Very oh. classy on my end. And so this one guy, his name was Chad and he was, I say very short, but he was probably like six foot, <laughs> which apparently is above average. But anyway, he like comes over and he's like, hey, what's up? You know? Oh my God. Like, he definitely sounds like <laughs> such a Chad. I, I mean, know. I know. It's yeah. like such a stereotype. And so then I stand up and he's like, whoa, right. he's like, hang on. He's like, okay, guys, come over here. So, like Mate is tall. And he was with another guy that was like six, eight. And he was like an older guy. So like me and the six, eight guy are like, you know, talking sports or whatever. And I, and I was talking to um, Mate a little bit. So nothing ended up happening that night other than Chad added me on Facebook. <laughs> so I was like, well. Nice to see you guys. Bye. But I do remember Mati gave me a hug and he's like, you deserve a good man. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Okay, bye. And so fast forward a year. So March 2020, before all the shutdowns happened, Chad 
messages me on Facebook and he's like, hey, like we're back in Vegas. I see you got some shows. Um, I'd love to come see one. And you know, that happens a lot when you live in Vegas. Okay, here you're on the guest list. Get here at this time, whatever. Get here an hour early. We'll have a drink. I'll put you in the front seats. I was opening up for um, a comedy hypnotist in, at the Paris Casino. So we got everything set up. And Chad was like, hey, what's up? You know, hey. And then right away, Mafia and I were like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Just talking nonstop. And it was just instant. And then Chad's like, what the heck? He's like, I've been keeping track of this girl for a full year. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I'm like, bye. And so, yeah, we just, we talk, you, you know, you watch the show. And then there, I always like getting pho, like at this place that was like 24 hours. I was like, you want to go get some pho? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And this was supposed to be like a men's trip for them. And they're like, what the heck? You can't go get soup with a girl. What are you doing? He ditched the bros for you. I mean, that's yeah. how you know it's serious. I know, right? And we just had so much fun. And then the other two guys, like they had some kind of construction convention. So then Matthew and I hung out for a few days and he's like, you know, if you ever want to like get out of Vegas and come, you know, see some grass, <laughs> some like hills or something, like you're always welcome to come to Washington. I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. But like in my head, I'm like, absolutely not way too busy. Um, No. Well, then after he went back home, we talked on the phone all the time. And there, it was only like a week, week and a half, maybe two that went by before all the shutdowns happened. So I was actually driving. There was one night where he was like, well, maybe you should come visit. Things are getting weird. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I was auditioning for a game show in LA that next day. And I was like, hey, is this for sure happening? They're like, yep, 100%. I'm like, cool. So I literally drive to LA, get into LA and they're like, hey, uh, auditions are canceled because of coronavirus. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so then they were talking about shutting down borders. And so I'm like, okay, I'm coming to Washington right now because if I don't come now, like, I don't know, I'm going to get stuck in like some state that I don't even live in. So I drove through the night and then he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to ask my parents. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, That's he, awesome. He lived in like this mother-in-law suite on his parents' property. And so I was like, what? You have to ask for your parents from, I'm like, I'm like, I'm already driving there. And I'm like, well, here we are. Was it a guy that lives with his parents? And then, yeah, I drove all the way there and ended up loving his parents. And so still love them. And yeah, it was just like such a whirlwind. And that's kind of like when, you know, everything kind of transitioned entertainment wise to TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, we mm -hmm. were spending our days filming like funny videos like TikTok and whatever. And yeah, it just ended up blossoming from there. And then we were like, um, well, there's nothing left in Vegas for me. Like literally like though that I was, you know, opening the opening act on is like, doesn't even exist anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, should I move here? Like, I don't know. And then he has been married before. And so he was like very intentional about doing things right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, okay didn't do things like in order the first time so like I don't want to like live together before we're married all this kind of stuff so he ended up remodeling like the back room of the mother-in-law suite that was a storage room at the time yeah so I moved into a storage room yeah so he like remodeled all of that while I'm in Vegas packing and, and stuff like that so it has been one crazy thing after another and 
Wow. Yeah. That is such (laughs) a good story. Thank you, Chad. (laughs) Yeah, Chad, the love connection. Who would have thought? (laughs) Right. I just remember when that became a thing, you know, everyone just getting on TikTok and and whatever, (laughs) making videos, right? Like, I just remember all of a sudden this guy being in having a very strong presence on your on your Instagram. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, they have such a cute chemistry together. I know you were making jokes about, hey, just move to a whole other state in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) And then turns out he's the love of your life and your baby daddy. And yeah, super crazy. And I always joke, oh, nothing better to do but get married like literally though he's like the best human I've met (laughs) I um I didn't really expect to meet any quality human beings in Las Vegas believe it or not (laughs) so yeah I was like totally fine being single and just doing comedy for a living and uh yeah that's when they say they come along when you least expect it so it's true he very much does strike me as a wonderful human being and (laughs) I almost wanted to be like does he have a brother and I'm like I'm really more on the lesbian end of the spectrum here but does this man have a brother (laughs) because (laughs) he's such a joy to you know even just through the little Instagram screen he's just such a joy of a human being he really is. And he does have two brothers. They are both married, but one lives in Hungary and the other one lives in Finland. So if you ever go back, you know, I'll be a home wrecker. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So over there in Europe, wrecking homes. No, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Though. It's such a good story. Be- besides your humor, which is obviously something that glues you together. What else would you say is at the core of your relationship with him? I just like, actually, I was just expressing gratitude to him today about just there. He is just like, so pure. There's no like ulterior motives. There's no like, he's not lying about anything. He doesn't have some, all these secrets. He's just so like transparent and pure. And I, I, genuinely have never like dated a guy like that I literally thought dating is always like well you have to like you know watch out there probably talking to some girls on you know or whatever I've obviously been in unhealthy relationships so that's part of it because I'm coming in with trust issues and stuff but it they don't exist because like he's not hiding anything (laughs) like so it's just this weird thing like I can't have trust issues with somebody that's just like this honest and he was just raised really well in in that way and definitely that is just like and I'm not hiding anything either like I'm like oh what another person that has values I didn't know that that existed so yeah because I kind of started to think well I'm just gonna have like if I ever like get married I just have I'm gonna have to settle because you know people suck but (laughs) it's definitely not the case which is really cool and and we just have a lot of the same family values and and stuff like that and so I don't know he just like really is just like such a level up from what I even could imagine it almost sounds like you had to take a minute for you to accept that this is real life that like someone can actually be that right like speaking of of trust issues of just kind of accepting that this isn't too good to be true and there isn't Mm -hmm. another shoe that's going to drop and yeah how long would you say that took you until you were really like nope that's just who he is and I have nothing to worry about 
I think he still has to help me remind, like, I, it's funny that you say that because I literally will ask him for reality checks because everything has happened so fast. And so I'm like, okay, reality check. And he's like, okay, he's like used to doing this for me now. <laughs> he's like, okay, Krista, you're married. I am your husband. I married you. I committed my whole life to you. And we have a child and he's right here and you're his mom. And also we own this house that we live in. <laughs> and I am like, okay, 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 okay. Like, cause they're like, literally there are days where I'm like, I'm not a Canadian living in Las Vegas. Cause I think, you know, when I first got here, it was like, okay, yeah, I'll be here for like a, like a week or two or something. And then I'll go back to my life because the pandemic will be over. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, two years later, it's still not over. And so, yeah, it's just kind of been a constant, like I've had to ask him to constantly remind me because it doesn't seem real. And it is a little scary to just believe that everything's okay or something. Was there ever a danger of you pushing him away because of your trust issues? Yeah, probably because like I noticed that I was doing it because I was just out of self-preservation kind of, I projected something onto him that he's not. And so he's like, what? That's not who I am. And I'm like, man, like, I know that, you know, but it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, huh. I had so many bad experiences with dating and men and, and especially just the men that go to Las Vegas to just do naughty stuff. You know, I was surrounded by that every day. And then, you know, being in the entertainment business in Sin City, like there's just a lot of bad dudes. And mm-hmm. so, so I was very guarded I think for a while but it, it, like you said you can tell just by a couple videos you know online and he is for real like that in real life like he's not like faking it and it's yeah. so it's so obvious so and he's just so tender-hearted and stuff he's just like a sensitive man he'll like when he expresses gratitude he'll he'll tear up you know mm. I'm like I did not know any man like him existed so he I would say it's like a constant he's surprising me so that's awesome I love that journey for you 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 mentioned that you share the same values what are some of those values that are important to you guys I think just like family values he was raised in such a unique family it's kind of interesting because his mom she was a foreign exchange student in Finland and she just fell in love with the culture and decided to adopt the culture as her own and Hmm. raise her children Finnish. Cool. And so, so like his name is spelled like Maddie, but they pronounce it Mati, Mm -hmm. which is like Finnish for Matthew. So, so that was kind of cool. So he was homeschooled and, you know, he grew up speaking Finnish and just like the Finnish values. Are you familiar with Finnish values? I mean, is that something that Germans know? I mean, I have, I have like a vague understanding of Scandinavian culture, but I've never thought about it in a distinct way. So I would love to hear your take on it. Yeah. So just a little more like reserved. Well, and and then I just know how like their family is, but I know essentially they were raised Finnish culture and just all of his brothers and sisters just turned out quality humans. It's pretty cool to see. So he grew up in a very like tight knit family. And I didn't so much because I, like my mom died, for example, when I was 17 years old. Um, And then it was just like me and my dad and then like my half brother and we had different dads. So 
I always like valued family. For example, if I wanted to have a family Christmas, I would have to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And it was just my dad and I, so it's not that hard, but I'm like, wow, what would it be like to be a part of like a big family that have traditions and everything? And I just always, you know, had a goal of that, like for myself. And then I meet this guy and he's like totally tight knit family. I adore his mother. His mom is a midwife. So like help me get through that crazy pregnancy. And they just really value each other's friendships. And it is something that I'm currently learning because I'm starting to realize that I don't even know what it's like to be a part of a family, like Mm -hmm. a, like a tighter knit family, you know, cause Elaine is his mom's name. And she's like, you know, let me know when you need a break from the baby. I'm more than happy to come and help in my head. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I I'll figure it out by myself. Cause that's Uh just kind of how my life has always been. And then she's like, seriously ask me for help. That is what I'm here for. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right, right. Like, I'm like, I can't, like, what? You know, because I, like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to bother anybody. And it's like, no, this this is what families do. They, they show up for each other and they help. And I'm like, wow. So I'm just like, I don't even know how to be a part of that. <laughs> but it's such a blessing to, you know, learn that because I want to pass that on. Like, I don't want our kids to feel like they're just alone and, you know, have no culture or traditions or anything. Like, one thing that came up for me when you said that was that for me growing up, and I'm, you know, Northern German, so not that far from Scandinavia, but just family meals were such a big part and they were such a, they were taken so seriously in a sense, very much always at the same time of the day. And we all sit down at a table together and there's no TV blaring, maybe a little bit of like low volume radio in the background, but there's not, Mm -hmm. there's a real culture around eating. And I think that's, that's all of Europe. So Mm -hmm. when I came here and saw how, how many American, I don't want to shit on Americans, but my thing was like, why is okay. there, like, why is there a TV on in the kitchen? You know, why is there a TV on in the in the living room? And just people just kind of throwing food on paper plates and everyone just doing their own thing. And there isn't, mm-hmm. at least that's what I've experienced. There isn't such a, a culture and a tradition. And mm-hmm. there isn't mm-hmm. doing a few holidays, but just generally, that's always something that struck me. And I do think that that affects your connection that you have with your parents. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a, a child can come out of a household where the TV is blaring during dinner just fine and become a quality human being. But I don't know. That was always. I feel like it's harder. Yeah, it was always such a big part. And it's something that I've been missing in New York. Everyone has tiny apartments and. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't have room for a, a dining table. And so you just always like end up mm-hmm. sitting on the couch and eating. And so I've, I've kind of adopted that way of, of eating and I don't like it. So I'm always like the next, like when I move into a bigger place, I want to make sure I have a proper dining uh-huh. situation, <laughs> like even if it's just a yeah. small table in the kitchen where one could sit down. Yeah, I know there is really something just so bonding, I think, to having a meal together. And we had traditions like growing up and stuff, we would eat dinner together and and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, after like my mom passed away, it was like, well, there goes the person planning all this. So it's like, okay, I'm 17. Like, it's up to you now. It's like, uh. 
I don't really know what to do. So yeah, to just kind of like waltz in and have this already, you know, family full of traditions. And and they're really, they really like, they have just amazing skills of like keeping in touch with each other. Like every Sunday, there's a family call. Every night there's dinner together. So like we can go over there for dinner, whatever we want. It's just, it's really cool. There's just like a tangible piece in their house and just in general, like around that whole family. So I'm like, wow, I didn't, you know, cause you always think, oh, everyone has their own drama and I don't know. They seem pretty like drama free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, doesn't have to be chaotic. Crazy. <laughs> uh, so with this current home base in Washington state and you obviously right now being focused on keeping this little human alive that you made inside mm-hmm. of you, which is crazy. Um, that is wild. So what is next for you as an individual? Do you have any vision of, of what you want to do next? What you're passionate about? Yes. Okay. Yes. Tell me. Okay. So I'm really excited about this. I've kind of been, I've had a hard time not doing comedy. It's been weird. I don't know. Like I absolutely loved it. That's what I was passionate about. And I'm the type of person that I'm like, I can't just do a nine to five. It'll drive me nuts, literally. But I have like all of this random background of all these different things that I've done, you know, like counseling, life coaching, comedy, just like random, right? And I was thinking like, okay, what? Like, how can I combine all of this stuff? Like, what is it? Because I don't want to just go get like a random job just to make money, right? I have a unique opportunity where I'm like, yep, I'm staying at home with a baby. Bills are paid. What do I want to put my energy towards? So the woman that sold us this house, she was also a midwife, whatever, with my mother-in-law. And she called me up one day. She was like, hey, I've been really like trying to think and like pray and meditate all the stuff about who I want like on my real estate team to kind of take over like Washington clients because she moved to Idaho and she's like and it's you so what do you think about getting your real estate license awesome (laughs) I was like um yeah so that is currently what I'm working on I'm working on my license right now and it was very weird when we went through the process of buying this house. I got some weird energy around it. I'm like, this is firing me up. And I don't know why, because it's paperwork. But <laughs> it just seemed like this giant puzzle. And it's like, if I figure this out, I get a house. You know, <laughs> like this is awesome. Yeah. And so it was like super fun. Clearly, I figured it out. You know, to me, real estate is like, you know, you are giving, you're fine. You're helping people find their home, which is obviously a big deal. And so that's helping people, which I need. Mm -hmm. And then obviously like the sense of humor, the comedy, like all that kind of stuff just helps me like relate to people. So that is like my next adventure. And I'm like super excited about it. And another thing that I've like realized that I need in my life is like a reason to like get kind of dressed up, not even dressed up, just not sweatpants, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to just stay in sweats and take care of a baby. And that's just it. I know no one can see me, but I do have makeup on right now. You look so everyone know. gorgeous. <laughs> uh, thank you. Maybe we'll, we'll do um, a little screenshot. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I need evidence, man. <laughs> it was funny. I was actually, I like put the breast pump on while I'm putting on makeup. I was like, whoa, multitasker. There you go. I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> Yeah. So it is real estate. That's my next adventure. So, That's awesome. Yeah. I had 
at some point dabbled in the idea and taken some classes and then it just it just kind of didn't happen and it didn't really fit my life at the time but i i think there's something that's that's such a gift that we have as memorable people and then mm-hmm. on top of that i think what we both share is that we both like talking to people so we don't shy uh-huh. away from all the attention that we get yeah I, i've been told so many times like you know you should be in sales because people remember you People are going to be like, oh, yeah, that like tall woman. She's really funny. She showed me that house. It's going to help you. So I think that's awesome. And that's also just so cool that someone literally said, I want you on my team. Yeah. She's like, what do you think about getting your real estate license? And uh, yeah, it's just kind of been a weird like two years because I'm like, am I going to do comedy again? Like the comedy scene is it the same. Number one. Number two, like comedy is weird in Seattle area. Like it's not normal. Like. (laughs) But anyway, that is kind of, that's my adventure. I'm excited about it. And the housing market here is like going nuts. Like there's tons of competition and, you know, we, we bought a fixer upper for this place. So remodeled almost all of it. So so I'll be the real estate agent when we, whenever we sell this house, which I'm like, that'll save us money. That's cool. (laughs) So aside from your new professional adventure, are you going to go, um, are you going to get back into making scrapbooks? Oh man. As a hobby? You know, I, it sounds cool. It does sound cool. But then I'm like, it is kind of weird having a little human too. Cause you know, people talk about mom guilt and stuff. And I'm like, I start to feel it where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not holding up constant, you know, Mm -hmm. like is he good is he attached to me are we bonding like I don't know <laughs> like what's even happening is he um, too attached yeah am I, how I, am I screwing him up right now <laughs> like that's literally what it feels like so maybe maybe um I at least want to do like the baby book stuff I honestly like will probably just do I don't know what they're called but I know you can upload pictures and they'll send you like a book so yeah. I can like make monthly books so I need to do something like that scrapbooking is just it's just big thing that I don't know <laughs> apparently it's too daunting that I stopped doing anyway <laughs> you're like you know I'll like pick up my whole life and move to a whole new state to like a man that I don't really know but making a scrapbook that feels a little too yeah. adventurous for me <laughs> it's like you Makes know sense. It's like putting stickers on paper I don't know, I don't know, know too man. much <laughs> that's that's, a lot that's so funny remembering to take napkins from restaurants that I go to yeah or maybe uh, take a little shirt that's been ruined by your little baby boy and cut out the little stained piece and put it in there (laughs) here's your puke I framed it there you go you're welcome son here's your first poop (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure every, you know, young adult human being loves the poop stories. My mom def- definitely has a poop story that she has to bust out at every <laughs> family gathering. So I don't I know. I cannot believe that is like the number one topic in the house between my dad, the dog and the baby. It's like, okay, let's Just... check in on that every single day and make sure <laughs> it's all going well. Like, my goodness. And- did not expect to have this okay I was like family meeting everyone everyone's bowel movements okay like (laughs) I'm like I used to be making crowds laugh dang it wearing glitter jackets now I have to monitor everyone's poop (laughs) you're like what about my poop (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly does anyone care about mine (laughs) yeah that's important though okay I'm gonna try to find a segue from monitoring the poop of every member of your household to mm-hmm. th- this final question that I think I want to ask okay. you 
Okay. So, Krista, what is your greatest gift to the world? Ooh, oh, that's so cool. I would have to say it's like between probably a sense of humor and like positivity. I don't know. Ever since I was, you remember like when you're really young and you start realizing like you're taller than everyone else? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wow, this is like really crazy. But that's kind of where I got my sense of humor because of course you're like a target for making, you know, people making fun of you and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it's not going to change. You know what I mean? So I learned at a very early age to sort out what do you have control over versus, you know, what you don't. And so it's like, am I going to just like be depressed forever because I'm tall, like and hate myself? No, that's a waste of freaking time. So hello, let's not even go down that. And so, you know, so just kind of like making the best of everything that you don't even have any control over because you do have a control over your perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sense of humor started out as a coping method, you know, but I, I think it developed into such a way of uh, looking at life. I mean, in my opinion, we shouldn't take life so seriously. And it should be like a big joke at the end of the day, because, you know, we're only here for a short amount of time. Yeah, I think sense of humor and positivity, I would say. Yeah. I feel like I could talk on that a lot, but like, no, keep, no, keep going. <laughs> well, everything just seems so negative these days. Mm-hmm. And we were talking before we were even recording is just like how important it is to have positivity. And, you know, another thing that you kind of mentioned while you're introducing me is just like, the vulnerability. And that is something that I have been intentionally trying to do on social media, because for example, like I had a miscarriage when I first got pregnant, it was just such like an experience of like, it felt like I was the only one, but then it's like, Oh no, all these other people, you know? And I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is such a female thing that like, a lot of women go through, why is no one talking about this? And so my intention or with posts like that are like, Hey, this is something that happened to me and I know I'm not alone. So like, why is no one else talking about it? And for me, it's like this weird balance because I don't like when people feel sorry for me. So I don't want to be like, wow, poor me, but also like, Hey, this happened. And I know it's fairly common why are we not supporting each other like through stuff like this? And it's just, you know, and having like a parent live with me or whatever. Like I lost a parent when I was 17. Like, okay, well, so with sharing something vulnerable like that, I always like to have some type of lesson that I've learned Mm -hmm. or like a positive outcome. And I think that's kind of in general, how I live life, even if I'm going through hard times, it's like, if I can always find a, a lesson in it, you know, if I can always find a lesson in whatever's going on, then it's just an automatic reason why everything's happening. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. You, you're preaching to the <laughs> choir. I totally get that. And, and yes, it is a fine balance because I mean, trauma definitely sells in a way, right? So mm-hmm. there is that fine line of, you don't want people to think that you're throwing yourself a pity party just to yeah get likes or whatever like I know (laughs) I know that's not the person you are but yes in order to connect with people and let them know they're not alone and things do get better you have to put yourself out there with the good the bad and the ugly and really share your 
emotions. Mm-hmm. And right. for me, that was my divorce and the pain that came from that. I think I shared a lot. Maybe I overshared. I don't know who's who's to judge, but I know that some of the more vulnerable stuff, like this, the stuff that I wrote while just like sitting here sobbing, mm-hmm. it resonated so much with people. And then when people said, you know, I needed to hear this today. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so nice. Like that's the positive part of social media is to right. make connections with people that you otherwise wouldn't connect with and making them feel less alone. Or maybe they see the positive affirmation that they needed to hear and that makes their day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, that's what I'm trying to do with social media and hopefully with this podcast to just find more connection points and shared humanity and like you said there are lessons in everything and think if we can then share those lessons and help each other grow and learn I think it'll be a little bit better of a world I totally agree and another thing is like we don't know how many people even whatever we post impact you know like we only know about the people telling us but I guarantee you there's tons of people that are like, wow, that really helped me, but they'll never tell you because it would be uncomfortable or, or whatever. I remember one time I was walking on Fremont Street in Las Vegas, and I remember this older guy stopped me and he's like, hey, you were on that show, My Giant Life. And I was like, yep. And he's like, I work at a children's hospital and we play your guys' show to illustrate it's okay to be different. And I was mm. like stop I was like it was just like so amazing and like that's one story that I know about you know like who knows yeah that just gave me the chills because I I I do generally think of the show as something you know silly and like that's sensationalizing people for their bodies but you just reminded me of the fact that I'm sure there were maybe young tall girls watching the Mm -hmm. show and being like, oh, okay, like you can be all kinds of different things, and it's uh-huh. okay. Life is gonna I be know. okay. Yeah. Where was that show when I was growing up, man? I thought I was the only one. Did it help you growing up in a small town? Like for me, in a sense, because I I was with the same people from pre-K through graduating high school. It, like I was always the tallest, obviously, mm-hmm. but. I never had to walk into a big high school and people were like, oh, look at that tall. Like everybody already knew that I was tall. So we got over that fairly quickly. So in a way that was helpful, but yeah, but it's also, but you also don't have a way to find your community. So it's kind of this interesting balance. Right. Yeah. Cause I was like friends with everybody because there was like 50 of us, you know? So I was like, obviously an athlete, but I was like in band. I did all the different stuff. And so it wasn't very like key and stuff. Like, of course, we had our mean girls, but that was pretty much it. But yeah, no, you're totally right. Even like the mean girls or what it's like, well, we have to be around each other. So we have to tolerate each other at some point because it's like there's nowhere else to go. I totally agree. And then, yeah, it's kind of like when you leave that small little community where everyone knows you. And then it's like you get reminded about like how much different you are like. That is so true because people will say that to me when I like I make a new friend and they'll obviously be like, oh, why is it all? And then after a while, they'll be like, you know, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm like, yeah, obviously it's not (laughs) the most important thing in life. Right. So true. Well, what do you think? We can wrap it up here. Sure. Yeah. I feel like this has been awesome. Yeah. This has been (laughs) so much fun. 
yeah like we have to like pick a stopping point otherwise we'll just talk the whole you know the rest of the day and it's probably getting late there for you huh not super late no but no i I never know what time it is these days (laughs) oh i always try to schedule the podcast when i know that my dog is sleeping because oh there you go she can sometimes be a little annoying well, thank you so much again for taking time for me. And the next time I come to Washington State, I got to come visit and meet your wonderful little family and meet you. Yes, you definitely <laughs> have to. Yeah, exactly. Like, meet each other first, right? In, in real life. I, I know. I've only been in New York City one time. And so and it was with this crazy guy I was dating and it was not a good experience. So I need a redemption yeah, trip yeah. To, <laughs> to New York. We'll, we'll make something happen. All right, we did. Thank you so much. All right, (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.